The Download with DP, a weekly podcast talking about high school and college sports right here in Central Illinois. I'll discuss what I saw in the past week, what's coming up on Channel 1450, and what we're looking forward to. Episode 16 of Season 3, and I can say with complete certainty that if there is a podcast jinx, this week's guests cannot suffer from it because they already completed a perfect season and won a state title. Glenwood's Mike Garber joins me in a couple minutes to talk all things Glenwood Titans cross country, but first... What I saw last week. Congratulations to the U High Pioneers soccer team for finishing second place in Class 1A. On Friday last week, I made the trip north to see the lovely Hoffman Estates to catch Rochester soccer play in the semifinal. They came up just short, losing one to nothing to the eventual state champions in the semifinal. I then quickly turned around and made my way back to Rochester to catch the football game, in which Rochester's defense delivered another incredible performance, 45-3 over Cole City, as the Rockets roll into the 4A quarterfinals. The biggest concern is health. Tyson Binion, Nolan Murzowski, and Jack Swainey, all major parts of the puzzle, so the young guns will have to step up for the Rockets on Saturday. I wasn't there, but how about Becca Heidzig? Helping her team win a super sectional on Friday night in volleyball and then winning the 2A state cross-country title on Saturday incredible stuff more on the glenwood girls winning the state title with this week's guest shortly for me on saturday i caught a great football game at ken leonard field sacred art griffin comes up just short of upsetting morris but what an impressive showing from levi hanauer john allison jamarian bardwell and the rest of the cyclone team and coaching staff i was very impressed watch out for shg next season as they return a ton and will be very very good advancing to the quarterfinals for football Rochester, Monroe Forsyth, Athens, Olympia, and Glenwood. We've got five teams playing on Saturday. First, though, what's coming up? Make sure you check out all the signing day stuff from yesterday on Channel 1450. We will have hype videos for Glenwood, Washington, and Maroa, Bloomington Central Catholic on the football side. We've also got five Meet the Line segments coming on Channel 1450 today as well. On Friday, Hartsburg Emden plays in the 1A semifinals at 9 a.m. We will have highlights. Then Lincoln plays at 4 p.m. in the 3A semifinals. We will have highlights and reaction from that one on Saturday. We may have Lincoln playing for the 3A state title at 5.30 if they win on Friday. On the football side on Saturday, Monroe Forsyth hosts Bloomington Central Catholic. Athens travels to Nashville. Olympia hosts Roxana. Rochester hosts Breeze Central. And Glenwood hosts Washington. We will have highlights and reaction from all five of those on Saturday. Next week's coverage depends a lot on... How many football teams win on Saturday and who will be playing in the semifinals? Girls basketball starts on Monday, so we may catch some hoops next week to start, or we may catch some previews of basketball and wrestling. That's it for the recap and what's coming up. Let's get to this week's guest, a very inspiring and informative conversation with Glenwood's Mike Garber. All right, I'd like to welcome in Coach Garber to the podcast this week because, I mean, you win a state championship, you deserve some love, right? I think that's fair to say. How's it, how's it feel to say... You want another one. I mean, the first one's got to be special, but what's the second one like? Yeah, it's uh, funny to look at something that we really didn't talk a lot about this year. Um, this one's special for a lot of reasons. Um, I think most of all, people look at what we did in 2020 in that COVID season and still didn't give it the respect I think that it deserved. And so there was always that question mark of like those girls who were freshmen then are seniors now. And you say, how much does it legitimize who they are, where they've been in this program, the accomplishments and what they've done? And to be able to do it in 2023 is actually super exciting. And I hope that that everybody in this program realizes what this program has gone through. I'm, you know, the, the growth, the... Uh, 
the changes, the changes in mentality, the changes in how we train. There's a lot of those things that we have to work on at times, I think. Um, but yeah, this one's to be undefeated in a real season when we went to Chicago and we went to St. Louis area and we were in Peoria twice against top competition. I mean, we were there and it was the number one, two, three, four, seven, nine, eleven. Like, we didn't duck anybody. And to beat everybody for a season, whew, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. I want to talk a little bit about that 2020 season, but I want to give credit where credit's due sure. first and talk about this team. So you just said it, but to run the table, can you put that in perspective to other sports? Um, how, because I don't think people understand how hard that is in, in cross country. Yeah, I think when you go and say like uh, a soccer team or a football team, is playing or a baseball team like you're playing one other team and while well, they might have more games in a season than we have races in a season when we're running at these meets there's 60 teams 40 teams 50 teams it's not like it's just a dual meet and we we win we're going to huge invites that have people that come from out of state to run in these in these meets um, when we were in st louis and we went in against uh the 3a competition in edwardsville and o'fallon there were teams from Missouri that came over, and there were individuals from areas that came over, and we kind of started off the season on a really smart note. But to go undefeated in a cross-country season, it's not like you're just winning against one competitor. If you would total up the number of teams that we beat over the season, I would probably bet it would be somewhere north of 200 teams. So we finished first in a combined set of meets, and that's not even including postseason because the state meet in itself is its own animal. You're talking... We're 200 and no. You know, like that's kind of wild <laughs> to think of it. Yeah. I don't know if there's another way to describe it that right, way. Right, right. Um, but it's, it, it doesn't happen very often. Because even the big-name Chicago teams, the Yorks, the Prospects, the Barringtons, the Downers Groves of this world, they're so talented that each of them will beat – they'll catch each other once. You know, somebody has an off day and another girl has an on day on one of their teams and it's Barrington first, then Mount Prospect, then York. And they come back the next week, and then it's York and Barrington, Mount Prospect. And and you see these really strong teams that are nationally ranked, and iron sharpens iron. And we didn't see those teams this season because just the way our schedule shook out. Um, but I'd be interested to see what would happen if we went up against them, just to see it. Yeah. We didn't have the opportunity. We don't get to those kind of meets. They do, you know, the Roy Griak, and they go to Minnesota, and they go to Indiana, and they run these nike track town you know big time meets and as much fun as that would be like i think our schedule this season because we changed quite a few things this season um our schedule this season was best suited for us to do what we did and every week built confidence because you defeat a couple teams like okay we did it and then a sudden it's like you go to chicago and you beat all them and you don't beat them by a couple i mean we doubled them up we ran i think we scored 33 points when we were at the lakes invite the next closest was 63 and then it was 64 and it's that was, at the time, number one, number two, and number three in the state that ran against each other. And we put the screws to them. And their coaches are amazing. Uh, super, you know, cool guys that, you know, we exchange phone numbers and we text a little bit and they ask questions. And I'm open. I'm not, I'm not hiding the ball anywhere. I'll tell you anything you want to know about the team. And to have that dialogue with coaches who have been there and done that is really um something cool i mean it shows the level that the program has gotten itself mm-hmm. to not that you know just that we are who we are and the girls are who they are the guys are who they are but that 
they're looking at us and they're watching and they see what we've got going on and and they show some respect to what we've created and it's that, that's really pretty cool too I realize this sounds like a dumb question coming from somebody who doesn't know a ton about cross country. Oh, you know, so take you've it been around a little bit now. Come so on. So take it for what it's worth. <laughs> but, um, in, you know, I understand the jump in baseball. I understand the jump in football. I understand the jump in basketball. When it comes to having a lot of success in middle school and then making the transition, for this team to have as many freshmen as you did in such key spots. Can you explain that jump? What What's it like for those girls, and, and how hard is it? Uh, I, I think the commitment to what we have done, and I did a sit-down with each of the freshmen coming into the season, and many times their parents were involved because I want to get to know who they are, what they like, what they don't like. And the first question I asked these freshmen when they came in is, like, why run? There's a lot of people who choose to go do volleyball, or they just choose not to run, or they do something else, or they have other goals. These girls that came in are friends, They've come up through running. Um, some of them have really grown in the sport. Uh, Allie Lonergan wasn't even a Glenwood runner f- for most of her career until she became an eighth grader and she moved to the high school or to the uh, middle school and has come up to the high school. So even somebody like her, you know, had to learn the people and then learn the running because the, there are personality conflicts and things that happen in all sports. And then you have to learn how to compete when you're trying to become. A person, and you're trying to have a you know you're you're growing in the social side as you're growing in the actual physical side, and there's sometimes freshmen struggle with that. You come to high school and it's like you add a mile. Um, you're maturing, you're trying to navigate life, um, the people who are already here and the people who come up, and it can be challenging. And we have had really strong freshman girls for years come up and navigate those waters really well. I mean, I remember Demi Dixon coming, she was a state champ years ago, one of my first years, and she was really strong and getting stronger, and then ACL injuries and things like that. I mean, she didn't run junior and senior year because she tore one one year and then tore the other the other year. And I don't think we ever got to truly see what she was capable of, um, but her transition into that high school level of running. And I was a newish coach then too, so I think there's some of that that gets to be put on me that maybe there's stuff that I didn't know or didn't try that I maybe should have. Um, but this group came up, they bought in. I mean, I say jump, they say how high, I say we're gonna go on this long of run and you don't get that exasperated, oh, I mean, we have to run 50 minutes today on a continual and we're gonna build strides in the end. Like you don't hear that kind of stuff. It's like, okay, where are we going? Which direction are we going? And that. That's kind of fun to have that. And then you see that uh, the, the times drop as they did over season and to have such a crescendo at the end of the season at the state meet. I, I always say it's people talk about peaking and and getting to be the fastest you can for the right meet. And I don't think people understand how difficult that is to get seven people, boys or girls, on a team on the same day to run their best or close to their best race of the season. And we did that. And the only girl who did not season PR was Allie Knudsen, and she was only three seconds off of her lifetime PR. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. And she I mean, she crushed through her PRs this year. Allie had such an, an amazing amount of growth, both mentally and physically this year. And she was disappointed, but it's like... It's You're talking about three to, seconds, man. Yeah, it's, it's nothing. <laughs> and, and, and from where she came from to where she is now, like it was such a massive growth... And, I mean, you get six of the seven, and I, I almost count her in there because that is just such a little wiggle room on a, such a 
challenging day mentally and physically, I mean, it was amazing. And it, it all came together. And yeah, it was really, it was awesome. It was fun. Okay, so you saw, like you said, you went up to Chicago, did what you did. You, you competed in these meets throughout the year where you're like, you see it. And as a coach, like you said, you're way more mature now. You understand that. Yeah. Did they understand as they got toward the state meet what the expectations were and what was at stake in terms of, like you said, 200 and 0 is, you know, yeah. pretty, pretty uh, crazy to, to say. Honestly, we didn't talk about it. Um, was that on purpose for you? Yeah, or, I, I mean, we have made the mistake before. Yeah. Especially in the boys before they went in 2017 when there was like the possibility of us doing it. We were still a little young. We were still a little green. We talked about it a lot. Hey, what ranking are we? Boys sent it out in text groups and I remember the Maytons and, and we were chatting about it and stuff. Like, can we do it? And we're like, yeah, we can do it. And Caleb and I back then, it was Caleb Cox and I were coaching together. We would kind of joke about it and talk about it openly with the kids. And I think there was a lot of pressure that we didn't realize we were putting on the kids at that point. Yeah. And then in 18, when we won, we almost didn't talk about it at all. Like up until the, that week of the state meets, like, okay, now this is the next piece of the puzzle. Here's where we go. And last year with the girls, I think it was exactly the same thing that as we did with the boys. We talked about it a little bit too much. We looked at it a little bit too much. We overshot, I think, in the way we thought and this season, to me, was like the boys in 18. We didn't talk about it. We talked about the meat that's coming up. We have a word of the week that kind of centers us around what it is that we're looking at and talking about in the week. And it was always about something team-oriented or weekend objective-oriented. And I purposefully did not want to say, look, we're first in the state and you know we're doing this and this is how we're ranked and this is what the speed ratings say. Like, we didn't do that on purpose because I think – if you keep piling on and you snowball effect over a season, by the time you get to that state meet, your nerves are shot because all we've been doing is building this monstrosity of an expectation. And with young kids, as you said, I mean, it's it went freshman, sophomore, freshman, sophomore, freshman. That was our top five. And if you put that in heads, it doesn't matter if you're male or female, it doesn't matter if you're old or young, if that's all you talk about leading up to it and think about it, I don't think we would have been as successful as we were. But what was really cool is that when we did finally talk about the state meet, we did finally talk about it, it was a mixture of it's just every other meet, and it's not. It's three miles. I remember Gene Hackman in Hoosiers. You know, mm-hmm. he gets a, he has the guy put that says, 10 feet, just like it is back home. Like, it's the same thing I'm saying. It's three miles. We've seen this course twice. You know what to do. I don't ask any more from you I don't ever expect more from you than 100%. And if that's all you give and that's all you got, then that's what I'm going to take. And that could be enough to win. And they, you have the good efforts versus the great efforts. Man, those were A efforts from every girl that took the line. It was it was exceptional. But the, the process of having that discussion about state and what is state and, well, we're undefeated, so we got to keep it going. So we've won all these meets, and now we're going into sectionals, and we got to make sure we make a statement. And it... We never had that conversation. I think we just knew what we were doing. The girls have had their own success. I mean, everybody on that team won a state championship. Yeah. Either in middle school or in high school. Every one of those girls that that was out there won a state championship. But the difference in the high school state championship from the middle school state championship is the media and the pomp and circumstance and there's bleachers and there's stuff everywhere. And you go, wow, there's a lot going on. There's a lot to see. Looks, there's college recruiters walking around that have Bradley stuff on, and they've got their 
you know, North Central College stuff, and they're they're looking, and they know. Oh, hey, look, there's there's Glenbard West, and hey, look, there's Chatham Glenwood, and there's Prospect, and it's like, whew. They walk around with their clipboards, and they're checking people's names off, and you don't see that in middle school. And these girls who were freshmen and sophomores and juniors and seniors that were on this, I mean, it's, you're running up against D1 athletes. These girls who graduate are going to go on to college, and they're going to run, and they're going to get paid for it. And, and in my mind, that's what it's all about. Take it to the next level. Yeah. If you see that, and these girls who are young are figuring out that process, and the ones who didn't run, even the juniors and seniors who didn't run, I mean, if you want to keep this thing going, I'm 100% here to help. I love the idea of people going on to college. You can send somebody from a high school program to a college program that says, I love this enough to make it something that I'm now known for. More, more than just high school. High school is something you do. In college, it's who you are. And I love that about this sport. I want to put you on the spot slightly, a yeah, little sure. bit. Um, you talked about getting to know these girls and, and the team. Um, and and we talked about the team. There's no question that the team did this. But um, give me give me 15 to 20 seconds Describing each of each of your each of these girls and, and kind of what makes them different. Uh, the ones that ran. Yeah, Ooh. just those seven. How about that? Is that a, okay? Sure. That? Yeah. Um, so we'll start with. I'll go in reverse order. Okay. So Lydia Guernsey uh, was our number seven um, senior. She has had like a sickness and injury plagued career. Um, freshman year she didn't finish the season. Sophomore year didn't finish the season. Junior year was kind of a mixed bag with a little bit of injury and a little bit of sickness and finally hit that good season where she could start out and be moving forward and and go on and, and hold up a state trophy. Like that's a pretty special thing to say yeah. that I've had this happen and now I'm To here. grind through that. Yeah. yeah. That's it was crazy. Yeah. Rachel Barron's was our sixth. Um, she had a stress fracture in her shin and it was just before season officially started, and she showed up to our parents' night meeting in a boot. And you, and you, like, you always know that there's a stress fracture, but you see who has been historically one of your top runners, especially in track season, but certainly in cross-country season. One of your most impactful runners show up in a boot, and you go, uh-oh, mm -hmm. got to step up. Mm -hmm. And um, to have her run the state meet, and she didn't run sectionals because she was injured. Um, or I shouldn't say injured. She was feeling herself in that week, and it's like, listen, like, Let's be smart. We have alternates for a reason. Let's be ready to go for the state meet. Um, I'm glad she had that opportunity. And, and she really, I mean, she worked her butt off to get back to there. Um, number five is Brenna Sloman. And she really came on strong as an eighth grader. Um, I don't think she was varsity as a seventh grader and started figuring it out as an eighth grader. And you can tell how much she's grown, but she is a ball full of nerves. And you, she's one of those girls that uh, like I talked to before every race and I don't want to get her in her head but I want to tell her how confident I am in her and that she's one of those people that can make an impact in a race and everybody says like you're only as good as your number 5 and if Brenna Sloman is your number 5 holy crap you're going to be a good team uh, number 4 was Allie Knudsen I mentioned before that she really grew the season and to watch her like make the decision conscious decision I'm going to run up here now you see these things happen in races and you kind of watch people evolve into a season and from track season last year her freshman year watching her really grow during track and she took that into cross and as an athlete I'm so proud of her choices that she makes because she makes some great ones when it comes to racing and training and her thought process that was really really great uh, three was Sophie Renmeister 
Um, I remember talking to Sophie over summer and her family, and one of the things that I said was like, what are your goals for the season? Like, just what do you think? Mid-season, end-season, what are your goals? And she, I think if I remember her correctly, saying she hoped that she was part of the top 10 and that um, she was trying to get on a varsity spot, like she wanted to be a varsity runner. And she was one of the top runners in middle school. She was 24th in the state and all state this weekend. <laughs> Broke 18 minutes, which has wow. only happened with five other girls in Glenwood school history. Wow. I think you're top 10, Sophie. Like, I think you're going to be fine. <laughs> she did that. <laughs> she, she did that. that. Yes. She hit that uh, <laughs> mark pretty well. Uh, number two was Ashlyn Chopra. Uh, like Ali Knudsen, I mean, sophomores, there was only two of them that came in last year. Uh, she came in, you know, as a state champion from eighth grade and has her freshman year. And Ashlyn was really putting strong efforts together last year. It was like her and Rachel would go back and forth for who was going to be number one in the team. And this season, I watched her, something she figured out during track season. And it's like, if I put my head down and I just stare at the ground and I run as hard as I can for as long as I can, I'm going to do well. And she, in the last mile of almost every race this season, you would see it was almost like a transformer. Like she would move into position, lean a little bit forward, yeah. head down, and just start driving forward like she was going to run through a brick wall. <laughs> and just boom, 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 boom. She started breaking through these barriers. And she finally broke 18 minutes at Lakes in Chicago. She ran 17.46. And it was, I mean, tears. Because it's something she'd wanted to do for so long and she'd always tried to. And breaking 18 minutes is such a significant barrier for so many people in the sport. It's like breaking five in the mile for guys. It's, it's like, it's such a thing. It's a, it's a benchmark. And she did it again at State and ran the second fastest time in school history. And whew, 17.43 at, at the State meet. And now it's good enough to get you 11th in the state. Um, Ali Londrigan is a talent, and she wants to work hard every single day. And she needed to really learn this season, easy days easy, hard days hard, because she, if I let her, would go hard every day. Yeah. And we talk about, you know, you got to back it off sometimes. you got to be smart, and you got to do these things that are going to help you rest and recover because stress plus rest equals growth. And the growth that she saw from early season to mid-season to late season we did a time trial the week of sectionals. It was Tuesday. Her PR, I think, was 506 or 507 in the mile. 507 in the mile. Um, she ran that in middle school. And we ran everybody together, guys and girls together. And then on Tuesday, on the track at Glenwood High School, with nobody around and just our teammates, she ran a 502. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, that, that, nobody in the school history has run that fast in the mile. And she did it on a track with nobody watching. That's pretty special. I, I think she's going to have a heck of a career. And I'm excited to see what she's capable of for these next four years. Because it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty cool. <clears throat> I am absolutely blessed to be able to sit down every week and talk to a lot of incredible coaches, you included. And, and it's it's a ton of fun for me to, to just not only see the passion that you guys have, and that's why you're so successful, but also, I like to dig into the, the mindset aspect of it. And I think that the mental side of sports is so interesting. And, you know, I, I talk with baseball coaches, with basketball, football, anything. And so I'm curious with you, especially with running, because I feel like running is such a mind. Like, Very much. Your mind can, can tell you to do things, and your mind can stop you. For, like, how much of that do you work on as a coach 
with, like you said, high school kids who are so have are so many things to deal with. Yeah. That I mean, how much have you learned as a coach about the the mind of, of an athlete? Uh, it's something that I've definitely given far more credence to probably in the last four or five years. Um, we do meditation stuff at practice where mindfulness stuff and you sit there and I want them to picture the race or I want them to picture something serene and I want them to give them time to be appreciative for what's going on around them and for what they're able to do and just sometimes to be quiet and use your mind to clear out some of this other stuff that happens Um, it's not that I don't read running books I definitely still read running books but there are so many other things that I'm trying to learn to become a better coach that it's it's important to me to be better for them like my goal all the time is to be the best coach I can be, the best person I can be, so that the kids understand how they can be better. And that's not always it's this workout on this day that will equal this result. Like that's not always true. There's no perfect formula. I've, I've learned that over coaching years too. You can have the best training plans in the world, but if nobody's motivated to be there, if nobody wants to be there, if there's no enjoyment, if there's no fun going on, then what are we doing? And I think that's... The mental side of it, I don't think is, and this is true in all sports. I, you see it in, in everything. Like the, the boys' football team on Saturday, I mean, you've got to stay checked in to go down the field, score, go into overtime, and still win. I mean, those, those kids, and I've heard that was the greatest football game that's ever happened. <laughs> and they've, they've seen a lot of high school football games, and that's the best one they've ever seen. And that's a credit to the coaching staff. I mean, I know those guys. I know how much they, they, are, they care and how much passion they put into it and if they didn't have a good mental game there's no way that stuff would happen and you know I know Kyle Frankie and the same thing with the people he coaches and those guys this season and it's can you stay locked in can you if you check out for five minutes or in the case of cross country if you check out for 30 seconds that group you were running with now is up there and you're stuck back here and you have no idea how to cross that golf and there are courses, the Jacksonville course. We ran there quite a few times this year. Mm-hmm. There's this long stretch. It's so along the road on the backside. You have gone around, and you're getting into that second half of the race. And I remember personally running on that course and just mentally going on cruise control. It's like you push the button, and you close your eyes, and all of a sudden there's a mile gone. And you can do that in some of these courses. Mm-hmm. It's flat. It's easy. It's coasting. You can compete or you can choose not to. And what you do in those moments changes everything. And I think we have done a really good job at saying, here's what you should do at this point in the race. If you don't know what to do, if you're ever at a loss, just run harder. I know that sounds like super easy to say, but it's like it wakes you up. It kicks you out. It's almost like somebody came up to your chair and went boom and knocked you and you go, oh, okay, I'm awake. Okay, well, so I'm going to run harder. And that, that sometimes for the people around who are checked out, they take that 10 seconds, that five seconds, and now it's, oh, oh, that person just left me. Man, okay, there they go. What do, how do I react to that? I would rather a Glenwood runner be the one that shakes the tree. And the mental game in running is something that uh, it takes time to work through. And as you mature, you learn more. And these kids are going to learn more. I mean, guys and girls. I know the guys this season, um, it was a growth period for them. They're young. We didn't have a ton of seniors. We're going to miss the guys that graduate, Aiden Groves and Alex Chopa. We're going to miss those guys big time. Great leaders. Uh but the question is, like, what lessons did you learn from the things that they brought in here and how they tried to bring us together as a team? What did you learn? Because you're up. You're not on deck anymore. You know? Mm-hmm. Time to take over. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, you're right, the, the, the mental game, especially this day and age, 
with mental health, with kids, with social media, and, and it's easy to to see things that, or to read things or hear things, you go, oh, I'm not so sure about that. I don't, I don't you know what? Maybe I should buy into this philosophy or thought process. Everybody on the internet's an expert, and I'll tell you, what, I'm I'm not an expert. I I have had success. I've been blessed with some really strong teams, and I hope that I've been able to inspire some people. But I'm learning too, and I think if you're not if you're not learning and you're not trying to figure out new things, you're destined to fail. I don't. I hate being negative, and I don't want it to, to spin that way. So I, I want to touch on that the twenty twenty though sure. because I I think like the, the those that team got robbed. It did, and that is of no fault of their own. But at the same time, like you said, these seniors this year, how special is it to, to say, hey, we we did do it, and and this one is legit. I mean, there's no reason to say that twenty twenty wasn't legit because like you said then and still say now, you competed against every single team. The only difference yeah. was. That a organization called the IHSA wasn't involved in that situation, yeah. which is of no fault of you or these kids or anything. So I, I don't want it to be negative at all, and I, I don't think that it is. I just want to touch on the fact that sure. I mean, it's really cool for these seniors to be able to say, "Hey, you know, we got done when we were seniors. That's that's awesome." Yeah, to bookend a career. Yes, with with championships, and I'll go down saying that it was a championship. Caitlin Moody, bless her, um, had the sign company at the track put up. Champions in 2020. As you first, should. First place. And yeah. it should be there. I agree. Um, but even the girls that are were sophomores, juniors, and seniors as part of that team, I mean, many of them left to go on and run. I mean, many of them. Even if it was a club team. Abby Tiemann went to Mizzou and, and runs on their club cross-country team. Um, we've had multiple girls. Nia went to Fayetteville State University. Still runs there. She's one of their top runners. MLA, he's at UIS. Like, Lots of those girls have moved on to the next level because they love running so much. And it's like, yeah, man, 2020 happened, and it was this weird season. But they were undefeated, too. And they went in there, and they did that, too. And they deserve more than they got for it. Um, and mentally, they went through more. so much. Yeah, more. Because we I had mean, no idea. Yeah. Before the season ever even started, we had no idea if there was going to be a season. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, we have a season, but now there's regions. And you can only go this far away. There can be only this many people in a race. It almost makes me sick just trying to remember, like, yeah. think about that. Like how like, silly it was. We're outside. We're, like, there, we were afraid of what we didn't know, so we made rules that didn't make sense. And I guess that's the part of learning. But it, it always interests me to look back at that time frame and be like, remember when we did this? Remember when we were outside and we were at the track and it was masking and we had to do it? And remember whenever we could only have so many people in Like, it was just funny. And we had to line up every day. People walked up, had to take their temperatures yep. every single day. Oh, yeah. I remember coming out for yep. doing the story. We had to ask you know, all the questions. All the questions and the kids were just, yep, 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 yep. It's yep. like, dude, these kids went through my, uh, And at the same time, when you, it, as a cross-country or a track coach, to tell these kids that they're limited to running and getting themselves in better shape... Yeah. To fight, so, I mean, oh god, yeah. Anyway, we're done. We're done with that conversation. Yeah. Um, I'm I think that's what was funny too. Uh, like the the track season that we lost going into that cross country season, like everybody was worried, and and it was almost at, at a a a place of fear to start training because it's like, why would I train all of this summer only to lose and not be able to do it? Because that's what they did in track. Mm -hmm. It's like I have all this mileage and I have all this readiness and I'm all ready to go. We already had a couple indoor meets and everything gets shut down. And for what? What do I do now? I don't get to test any of this that I have built. 
I'm ready. Why would I do that again? And that's the, I think that maybe was the hardest thing is to say to these kids, no, have belief. Mm-hmm. You, maybe you can't not trust the system, but there's nothing bad that's going to happen to you from going out and getting mileage in. Yes, and training 100%. You get the, it's not going to be bad. <laughs> They're like, but why would I do it? I understand. I would have to wear a mask. Well, I, no, yeah, true. yeah. Good point. <laughs> um, okay, we ended on this. What, uh, what finger do you get size for your ring now that you have uh, multiple? Uh, I don't know. Probably the middle one. Yeah. I, on the right, my right hand is where I wear on the ring finger the 18 one and I okay. guess I'll go I man I'll tell you what I never thought I'd have I, I, you always hope that you win state championships but these are such funny things like looking through ask, Jay, ask Jay what he does maybe he'll, yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll be able to help he'll be you out <laughs> it's just so cool and the fact that we have the capacity to do it more and that the boys next year I think are going to be really really strong you bring up a really strong middle school class that's hungry you have these guys in high school that are unsatisfied mm-hmm. and I am Really looking forward to what the next few years holds, um, man. I, I just, I'm proud of them. These girls had, a, a, you know, a tough year. That I think a lot of people don't know. You see success, and you see first place trophies, mm-hmm. and you don't know everything that happens with the team. And the team dynamics are different on other teams. Um. But I hope we continue, and I hope we continue to figure out how to be a better team. And I hope that the the people that are involved with this apparatus that we have um, aren't going to go. Okay, we did it once. We're good. Yeah. You know, we won. That's enough. Mm. There's more to be done. There's more to be done. And I hope that they stay hungry and want more. And um, I think we'll have that. Awesome. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thank you. Thanks to Coach Garber for his time and great insight and conversation. I always enjoy hearing from him. That's it for this week's podcast. Please share if you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.